What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 144 of the VK Bros with the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Kennel on a beautiful Friday night. It's getting nice and crisp weather. It's one of my favourite times of year. How are you this evening, Alex? Um, I'm trying to get into a relaxed state because I've had a very, very, very intense week this week. Yeah. Uh, I don't like holi- uh, public holidays because I can't get anything done. <laughs> yep. And then it compresses everything into a four-day work week. Yep. Which is fine. Like when I was just doing Auto Bros, four days is perfect. Mm-hmm. But because I'm trying to build these other things, mm-hmm. um, oh, I don't know how much I should talk about it. I've got some very exciting... You don't even know this. I haven't even told you this. But mm-hmm. on Tuesday and Wednesday, I've been working on something. Where I'm basically... I've got all the documents ready to send over the weekend mm-hmm. to a patent lawyer to file a patent. Nice. On a piece of technology, which uh, I cannot speak about until I have got my patent submission uh, submission date, which should happen in the next couple of weeks. So Beautiful. Very exciting. Things that, are moving. The, yeah, but it, it, it just takes like, it takes a lot of, intense brain work yeah intense focus and then yeah, yeah intense focus yeah so you get it takes a lot out of you and then a lot of the stuff was on the Gold Coast so I was travelling um, up and down trying to do some car stuff as well and then we had a golf day yes charity golf day which was awesome thank you City Motor Auctions and I think I had probably 15 beers and nice. um, and perfect day mm-hmm we finished, as we finished the 18 holes, we were 10th out of uh, 20, 20th, mm-hmm. 20 people. And then as we sat down, we, there were more people finishing and we just went, <laughs> down the run, <laughs> down, 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 down. Yep. And I, I, I don't feel, I think we finished 15th, but I don't feel bad at all because I don't trust any of the schools because they're all car dealers. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all fake news, mate. Yeah. All absolute yep. fake news. Um, I just want to start off the show. So we, we got a lot of things that we're going to speak about tonight, guys. Um, but I want to start off the show by quickly explaining one of the posts we put up on social media this week, which was the uh, post of uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky and the quote, I like big butts and I cannot lie. And I think there was a lot of people who were very confused as to why that got posted up and to whether or not that, in fact, was fake news because, you know... I don't know if that quote's ever been attributed to him before. The whole reason why I posted that up was because there was a very interesting online censorship uh, uh, situation that happened earlier in the week. And I first noticed this on Andrew Bogut's uh, social media where he posted a Dostoevsky, well, a quote with a picture of Dostoevsky and attributed the quote to Dostoevsky. And the quote was this, Tolerance will reach such a level that intelligent people will be banned from thinking so as not to offend the imbeciles. And that post was censored. It was fact-checked as false information. And the fact-check when you read it actually said that uh, the reason why it's fact-checked as false information was because the quote was never formally attributed to Dostoevsky. And we've spoken yeah. about fact checks a million times on the podcast before. And 
obviously one of the big keys for fact checks is often how they will fact check something saying the information itself is false and then they go this whole thing is false because of this one little minute thing right so then uh discernible which is another um social account that i follow they experimented with a little bit and they posted just the quote itself without attributing it to dostoevsky they didn't have dostoevsky uh, the, the picture or the name or anything attributed to it at all they just had the quote and that got fact-checked as false information as well so obviously it's flagging the quote itself yeah so if they well, are... technically technically it's the the text it's recognizing the text yes which kind of falls into that thing that we had when, with that thumbnail that we did ages ago yep i wonder if the great test would have been, and I like yours because you were trying to see whether it was tied to uh, Dostoevsky or the quote itself, but it seems mm-hmm. like it's been uh, added to the quote. And I wonder if we could have done something to it to make it, to get it up without uh, tripping the the landmines. Yeah, well, maybe maybe if you changed a few of the words in the quote itself, you, you probably could have gotten it up because like you said, it, they've clearly put that entire quote in as the, uh, the flagging, uh, part of the post but I just thought okay well if they're fact checking it as false uh, based on it purely being a quote that was not attributed to Dostoevsky well I'm going to put a quote up that I know was never attributed to Dostoevsky and see if it gets the same fact check and it didn't and it just it just was very very interesting because the quote itself is so relevant when it comes to online censorship like let me read it again Tolerance will reach such a level that intelligent people will be banned from thinking so as not to offend the imbeciles. And that we're, we're seeing all that stuff. We're seeing that with cancel culture. We're seeing that with online censorship. You know, we, we're seeing that with everything that's happening on YouTube, the reasons why we're not there anymore. Because instead of you being able to freely share factual or even it may not be factual information, you may not even know but you're not even allowed to make a mistake anymore. You're not allowed to share things and have normal intelligence. Well, that's not necessarily true. Some people are allowed to make only mistakes. True. On those mediums. They can make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake and they get to stay up and they're still up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got nothing to do with mistakes. It's got nothing to do with the content. It's got everything to do with the people doing Mm. it. So, and Bogut must be an absolute target for the algo he must oh, have yeah. that uh like person of interest flag put against his account yeah absolutely absolutely would um he, he he has had that ever since the beginning of COVID, when he first came out and said that the government approached him to influence people to uh take the vaccine so yeah so anyway I'll, pay I'll, him I'll... tell people to do it yeah that's right and he told yeah. everyone that hey they're paying people so all these celebrities that are telling you to take this stuff they are, just be aware they're being paid to do so which again we, we've spoken about on the podcast before we don't really need to go into it so let's move on to the next well, let's, thing. Let's, no, let's go straight to, that leads into let's change the order a bit and let's go straight to WA rat tests speaking of okay. waste of money yeah so well no can we can we go with the original order because I think it's um, I think it's going to it'll cascade out a little bit okay uh basically another bank went down through the week pack west bank corp uh was trading i think at a high of like 140 dollars to six dollars yeah. in in a in a day and um got gobbled up by well sorry the fdic took control of the bank 
and then mm-hmm. instantly sold it to JP Morgan. Yeah. Now JP Morgan gets you know, talking around figures, it was like $120 billion in deposits, customer deposits. And they get a five hundred million dollar loan from the FDIC. Yep. At some undisclosed rate, probably mm-hmm. cheap rate. And they got to wash away some of the bad debt. It was like thirteen th- billion dollars, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, thirteen billion dollars worth of bad debt was paid for by the government for JP Morgan yep. to take this bank over. Pay money. Yep. And they were basically some analysts had looked at it and said, effectively in the next six months, this deal will make JP Morgan another half billion dollars in six yep. months profit. Yep. Now there are other banks now teetering on the edge. There is a oh here here we go. Um this is oh the, the interest rates they're still putting interest rates up same as what they're doing here in Australia yep uh, but there's also so Western Alliance okay dropped 55% in a day yeah wow okay so these are all these regional banks all these regional banks look at this 50% down 38% 35 26 19 18 18 17 and just like so for people that don't play on the stock market it's rare to see uh, any share move by a couple of percent in a yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like most it's not of crypto. It's steady. not crypto. Yeah, but this is like shitcoin crypto. Yeah, This is like 100%. absolute uh, um, um, shitcoin. And the- it's rough out there. And, and, and if you if you look at... Um, Oh, sorry. As part of the JP Morgan thing, JP Morgan has now got more than 10% of the deposit holdings in America, which there's supposed to be a law saying that they can't have more than 10% because it would make them too powerful. Mm-hmm. They were already over it before. And now that they've got PacWest, they've got over it again. So they have to get some special exemption. Of course, they're going to get exempt. Because of course, because the government approached them and asked them to yeah. do this and well, essentially yeah. paid them to do this. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy thing about it, and it's it's ultra it is ultra mental too that that particular bank, with everything that's going on with their court case in the Virgin Islands about how they facilitated Jeffrey Epstein's uh, child sex trafficking career, for the government to then go to that company and go, hey, can you can you take thirteen billion dollars of our money and uh, buy this bank for us, please? It's just. Listeners, do yourself a favor. Go to Whitney Webb's web, uh, website, yep. uh, Unlimited Hangout, yep. and she's doing extensive work on on Epstein and Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of JP Morgan. Extremely intertwined those stories. So mm-hmm. yeah, 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 lot, lots to follow. Mm. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about that? No, no, that that's it. Oh, basically, and, and look, I know I know some people are worried about Aussie banks. Mm-hmm. Um, I you don't have to worry about them. No, the Aussie banks, we have very we have different rules. We play a slightly different game compared to America. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not as risky in our in what our our banks will will invest in. Yeah, uh, but also. Most of our rates in Australia are variable. 
So mm-hmm. it means that as rates go up, everyone's rates go up. We all pay more, all the, all the mortgage holders pay more, yeah. and therefore the risk to the bank is mitigated. In America, you can get a 30-year fixed mortgage. So That's if you right. fixed your mortgage in 2019, you could have got a 30-year mortgage for 1% yes. for 30 years. Obscene, hey. Okay, so yeah, so now, now they're in the fives. Every bank loan that was locked in at 1% is now 4% loss yeah. every year. Do, do, yeah. do, 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 compounded by the amount of loans that you have. That's right. So we don't have that here. So no. we, we are somewhat protected by this contagion. Sure, like like there will be some some downside, but it's our banks aren't going to fall over. So we're not going to. No, our, our banks aren't going to fall over because, and we can segue to speaking about our banks now, because their profit margins continue to rise as the interest rates rise. And mm-hmm. so during the week on Tuesday, the RBA met and again decided to push rates up by another quarter of a percent. Uh, I've been call following that. Yeah, well, it's funny, be, well, not funny, but it's interesting because I've been following a lot of what Mark Boris like has been saying about all these rate rises recently. And he was going off about this. He said that they need to start looking at the human cost of what it is they're doing. They are just smashing the middle class. It is Mm -hmm. like it was not necessary for them to do this because they're already like we're not even really seeing the effects of the last 10 interest rate rises uh, that that have already occurred because there is a cumulative effect over time. And yeah, he, he was going off about See, it. Yeah, I totally disagree. I disagree. I don't think we've seen the effects at all. I'm still seeing... No, that, no that's what I he means. Look... He, he, he said, we haven't yet seen the effects. So to put it up again now, before you've even seen the effects of those rate rises yet, then it's it's inappropriate to do it now. Well, no, that, I'm saying the effects haven't kicked in because people aren't affected yet. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you needed to go up. I know, I know, having looked at those at those numbers or looking at the history of what we've done in Australia, mm-hmm. there is just no way the, the the bank rate will hit. In my opinion, so I called last year. I called twelve straight interest rate rises. Yep. Okay, I got it wrong at ten. Then when when they didn't do it last month, I said it's a pump fake. Yeah, and it'll go up again. We did the next figure month, it was going to keep going. Yep, yep. It will get to seven point five percent. The reason why I'm calling seven point five percent is because two times in history have we had inflationary periods. I, I want to say like like steep inflationary periods, and both those times it went to seven point five percent. Yeah. This inflationary period is far more severe than those other two. Mm-hmm. So 7.5 is, in, in my mind, is where we will be. And it, it'll take time. It'll probably be the end of next year, maybe. But, oh, no, what are we at now? Three, 3.85 now. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can do a quarter rate rise every month. What, how long is that to get you to 7.5? Well, it's going to take you to... percentage points every four months. So you're looking at another three and a half percent. So you're looking at over the, another at least another twelve months of rate rises. Yeah, that's what that's I, what I can see in the cards. I think I agree with you in sentiment. I I can't see it happening. I think you're 
you're going to end up bankrupting the, the vast majority of mortgage holders if you do that. Um, and I don't think they you necessarily will. want that to happen. I just it's not what will happen. I'll tell you what what's I'll tell you what's supposed to happen, what's not happening, mm-hmm. and why why I think you need to just keep ratcheting it up. Um, there's no uh, there is no reduction in new car sales. There's no reduction in luxury uh, items being purchased. There's no reduction in uh, like um, hot, like restaurants. The numbers aren't, people aren't, no one stopped spending money yet. No one stopped. Everyone's still going. And the whole idea is to suck the money out of the system, the free money yeah. out of the system, and they're I, not I, doing it. Again, so, I get which what... means, so we'll, the whole let me finish, mm-hmm. but, which, which means that there is still the ability for people to take on more mortgage debt, or sorry, more, a higher interest rate on their mortgage because they haven't made concessions in the life. I'm talking generally. Yeah, generally. Yeah it appears that there is not enough concessions that have been made and the only way to get them to concede is to keep pushing that rate up. Yeah, except for the fact... Like, I would I would absolutely cop that if the main reason for the inflation in the first place was because of mortgage holders spending too much money. And this will actually segue us into the next story, which is relevant to this. Which is well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to just fly off that because I think they have spent too much money. Well, and look, I, we, look we, maybe they have. Like maybe they have. Obviously, we have been through this decade of stimulating the economy and handouts. And I, I, I agree that I think that um, before all these rate rises hit, we were definitely as a country spending more than we should have been spending. I'll cop that. I can give you anecdotal proof, which is when COVID hit. I'd said to the boys, let's keep an eye... Because I had a bit of money on the side, right? Mm -hmm. I said, let's keep an eye out and let's see if we can buy some cheap toys. Cheap toys meaning jet skis, boats, uh, motorbikes. Okay? Mm -hmm. I did not price a motorbike for two years. Two years. You couldn't get a motorbike. Boats never became available on Marketplace. Yeah. Jet skis never became available. Now, I don't, they're, I don't think starting, that that... To, they're starting to trickle in now. They're yeah. starting to become available Because you've got now. supply now. You didn't have supply during COVID. That, like, I don't think that's a super relevant metric to go off because you can't... Like, when you couldn't actually get a hold of those items, like new items, I don't think that you can really compare the results. Commodity, yes, but not pleasure craft. So I'm talking... No one needs a uh, Ducati Panigale, right? That's not a commuter. Yeah. So commuter bikes, different story. I'd cop that totally. I'm with you. You know, a Camry. Yep, I'm with you. But a uh, speedboat, uh, you know, a big fishing boat, a a super sports bike, a uh, mm. Harley Davidson. When you don't, when your interest rates are going up, when your cost of living has increased, you've got to cut the toys, and the toys are only just trickling through now yeah but you are talking about like luxury items which are typically purchased by people with high incomes who aren't going to feel the effects of mortgage increases as much as the regular folk like one of my concerns about inflation is when they look at when they look at the metrics and stuff like that and you go well we keep we keep in, in increasing interest rates and people keep not spending money and it's like yeah 
because everything is increasing with inflation month in and month out. Like if you go down to the grocery store, all the groceries that you're buying get more expensive every single month. Uh, fuel, yes. yeah, the great. actual cost per barrel on fuel has gone drastically down and fuel's still at two bucks a litre. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of profiteering going on by big corporations at the same time, 100%. which is contributing to people having to spend far more money for the same basic items that they do need every single day. Yep, but they're still doing it, and they're still because doing it on to. the stuff. When that they it's don't food, need. when it's fuel, you have to do those things. Staples, staples, I get, but what I'm saying is, and the part that you're not taking into consideration is the lux- the luxuries, and, and it's not just rich people that have. Um, like a, a, a super sports bike is like 20 grand it's mm. not it's not a, it's not you know it's, there's some handbags that are more expensive than that in the luxury world but a great sign to see what the economy is really doing is to look at the stuff that people don't need they just want and the want stuff is the first things that get cut when times are getting tough mm-hmm. and, and and for two years or three years really sorry three years None of them came up. It's yeah, only because you couldn't get new started. stuff. But no, you're missing it. They're not repli- the, the stuff that you don't need. So you don't need to replace the thing. You're not yeah, replacing I, I understand it. You are getting, you're getting rid of it. But you're, try- so you're you, trying to say... So that, that's not a supply thing. No, no, but you're trying to say that the reason why you're... The thing that you're basing this off is that you weren't able to price what used items used luxury items during the pandemic which means no one was selling them that's right and i think that they weren't selling them because number one they weren't really feeling the financial pinch during the pandemic because they weren't raising rates during the pandemic and everyone was getting paid additional money job keeper job seeker whatever and they also couldn't upgrade those items either because they couldn't go out and buy a new one and then sell their old one but i'm not talking but no, have you been able to price point. those items you, in the last 10 you're months? You're missing my point. You're missing my point. No, no. You're missing my point. The stuff, you, and you're not replacing it. You have to get rid of it. But you so didn't have boat, to get rid of it during the pandemic because the, there was no rate rises. There was no, there was no pressure Jason, on your finances. You're agreeing with me. You're agreeing with me. That's my whole point. My whole point is for the last three years, and yep. the, uh, the last 12 months where the mm-hmm. rates have only gone up, there's not enough of that stuff being sold on the market, which means the uh, the effects have not the, the the damage has not been done yet yeah because they're not I, replacing I think, the things they're just getting out of them the, i think it's, that's it's a, about the, the it's a very it's a very unique metric to your business to to go off in regards to people not feeling but, the pain i can tell you anecdotally i'm fucking feeling it dude I'm paying yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm paying like, through the nose on my mortgage. Twenty years in the industry, twenty years in the yep. car industry, and you can you can pick these waves. And I remember what it was like. That's the reason why I had the plan with the guys to say, "Hey, I remember what the last one of these was like." Mm-hmm. And we pick like I I bought some cool cars and some cool bikes, and like that's the time to capitalize on that stuff. And mm-hmm. it has not come yet. It has not come, which means there's still too much money left in the system. Yeah. Um... But it can also cause inflation too when government prints money, borrows money, and spends it too, right? Sure. That I believe is. It, do you not agree that that is probably the the key driver of inflation in the last three years is government spending? I'm I'm not going to say government spending. At, I'm going to say government policy spending is part of it, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say the 
policy. Every it's all their fault. Let's be real; it's all yeah. their fault. And that's why yeah, I don't they... stop it. Because what what you're seeing, so what you're seeing at the moment, like I, I we we do agree, right? We do agree that in modern monetary theory, to curb inflation, you increase interest rates. But there's also other things or you can taxes. do. Like increase taxes and decrease government spending. And we haven't done either of those things because they're the ones, the things who are, that are not politically palatable to politicians who all they care about is getting reelected. And that's my problem with the RBA in increasing, like in continuing to jack up interest rates because the inflation problem was caused by government policy. And now government is not pulling policy levers to fix the problem that they created. They're just putting the burden on the citizens. That's the problem that I have with it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's that is that's legit. And that'll segue us into the next story. So this came out during the week as well, um, and this is a sort of stuff that we have been wanting to be able to uh, dissect a little bit of ourselves. But obviously, most governments have not been very transparent with this. But during the week, uh, some news came out that the WA government is having their COVID spending scrutinised. Okay, and. This one little tidbit came out uh, of this report that was reported this week by ABC News. So let me read this. COVID rat strategy criticised by WA Auditor General after cost soared to almost $600 million. So this is from Wednesday the 3rd of May. The, the WA government has been slammed for the way it managed the purchase of rapid antigen tests at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic with a report finding there was in quotes, no clear, considered, and coordinated plan. In her report released today, Auditor General Caroline Spencer said the rapid escalation in cost to $580 million in total was unlike anything she had ever seen. She said what started as a $3 million spend on tests for health workers and returning travellers quickly spiralled beyond $440 million, around twice the cost of the Bunbury Hospital redevelopment. In quotes, public entities spent the equivalent of 10% of the state's 2022 operating surplus on diagnostic plastics without demonstrable evidence of clear, considered and coordinated planning or ongoing advice as to the necessity of the expenditure, Ms. Spencer said. I acknowledge the uncertainty that the pandemic created. However, I have never before witnessed such escalation in the cost of a program over such a short time frame, occurring with a lack of due consideration of the impacts or without a record of anyone pausing to ask what level of procurement was sufficient and whether this had been achieved. An ABC analysis in January found WA had purchased the most rats per person of anywhere in the country, with a significant amount still in storage and millions either expired or due to expire. But Deputy Premier Roger Cook defended the government's decisions on Wednesday, saying they kept West Australians alive and the economy strong. Uh, large increase in rats caused problems. To cope with the 110.7 million rapid antigen tests purchased by the state government, the part of WA Health responsible for managing them, Health Support Services, increased the number of warehouses they used from 2 to 10. Parliament was told last year that discussions to purchase rats began in November 2021 with orders placed by mid-December. Scrolling down. Some of those tests were rushed to WA on board two charter flights from Korea with a total cost of $1.4 million. H HSS struggled with the large increase in inventory, the report reads. We found their controls over inventory, including receiving, recording and distribution were poor. 
Regular stock takes were not performed at the warehouses and records of stock moving in and out of the warehouse were not well maintained, meaning that HSS was not able to reliably determine the quantity of stock at each warehouse at any point in time or the precise stock distributed. When full stock takes were taken by the end of June last year, they revealed significant inaccuracies according to the report. HSS has since committed to ensuring regular stock takes were performed. So, and then obviously the health authority goes out and defends their response. So, remember, remember when rats were first spoken about by the guy, it's only in Pink and Bar in Brisbane, down the road here. Yeah. And they, they, they said, oh, like we've, we've had this rat test, we've done all the tests. Um, we think we this is better than PCR. It's faster. It's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And the reporter said, "How many has Australia bought off you?" And he goes, "None. They won't That's even right. talk to us. All of these are going to America." Mm-hmm. And then in that notice, they all said they bought them from Korea. So I did a little bit of digging too because um, when when I first saw this article today, my first response to it was, "So where do we buy these from?" Because as you'd remember, early on in the pandemic, one of my biggest criticisms of government was we've gone out and we've gotten the checkbook out and we're spending like mad on all these items that we did have manufacturers in Australia that could sell to the government, but we bypassed all of them and bought them from overseas. So this is money we borrowed or created and sent it overseas. Um, I found this article here. So this is from the 4th of January, 2022. Um and it's rats, the ASX-listed companies manufacturing rapid antigen tests that you cannot buy. I'm just going to read the beginning here. Uh, With rapid antigen tests having only taken several days to be likely one of the most commonly used words of 2022, everyone is looking for them, but demand is monumentally outweighing supply. With their surge in use, it may only be a matter of time until Australian regulators fast-track approval of more rat manufacturers, with some listed on the ASX yet to receive approvals for sale in Australia, so selling them overseas instead. Since they commenced approving rats for sale in Australia, the TGA has approved 18 rapid antigen tests. Of those, 12 are manufactured by Chinese companies, two from the United States, one from Singapore, one from South Korea, one from Germany, and just one from Australia. There are, of course, many other manufacturers around the world that can help alleviate Australia's supply problem, having secured regulatory approvals overseas, but are subject to the TGA's slow approvals process. Now, they approved the vaccines pretty quick. Well, they approved certain vaccines very quickly. You'll recall that they approved AstraZeneca very quickly, Pfizer and Moderna very quickly as well. They, however, did not approve... Um, what was the what was it called? Novavax? I can't remember if it was Novavax, it was, but it was Nicholas Petrovsky's vaccination that yeah. was... So this was Nicholas Petrovsky... Uh, Nikolai, sorry, Petrovsky. We've spoken about it on the podcast before, but if any of you uh, are unaware of him... He is a scientist from uh, South Australia. He was working in conjunction with one of the South Australian universities and he actually created his own vaccine, which he uh, vaccinated himself, had all the trial data. Uh, it was a protein-based vaccine. It was not an mRNA technology. He did say that he originally tried mRNA and just was like, this isn't going to work. So he went back to a traditional protein-based vaccine and his paperwork sat on the TGA's desk waiting for approval for over 12 months and still never got approved. In the meantime, he got forced out of his position at that university because they had a vaccine mandate and he refused to take a TGA-approved vaccine on top of his own vaccines he had already taken, which could have been detrimental to his health, to mix, because oh, yeah. we had no idea. Yeah. So he got, he got fired. 
So, so this is, so you had rats, right? And just WA spent $600 million on them and sent that money overseas. 40 rats for every man, woman, and child. That's right. Yeah. In WA. 40. 40. 40. And remember, the, the first order of vaccines that we put in was for 220 million of them in a country yeah. of 26 million people. That is 10 yeah. vaccines for every man, woman, and child. And remember, at the beginning of the vaccine rollout, we were told they were only going to be approved for the elderly, right? Yep. So so this is where you start looking into... And it was supposed to be a single shot up. They, they all started as well, a single, no, no. single dose. Pfizer and Moderna were always two. AstraZeneca was one, just like the right. J&J was overseas. But it was never 10 per person. So now if you start, so now you're probably starting to see where a lot of my frustrations coming from with the RBA blaming mortgage holders for spending too much money, because I don't know how many billions of dollars we've ended up spending on these vaccines, which we had a vaccine that could have been locally manufactured that we didn't purchase, even though we had the option to, we sent all that money overseas. You had rats that we could have bought locally. And I'm telling you right now, if the WA government bought, uh, was it 110 million rats, an Australian local manufacturer can't handle that order. They would have bought them probably from China that has the manufacturing capacity to actually service an order of that magnitude. There's no way, and maybe they, could, maybe they bought 50 from them, I don't know. But the majority of that $600 million has been sent overseas. Then you look at uh, something else that was in the news this week, WellCamp. The quarantine facility in Queensland has just formally been handed over to the Wagner Group. Hmm. So, did you see that during the week? I didn't. Oh, no, I've had my week's been. Yeah, okay. Sounds like nothing. your week's been hectic. To refresh everyone's yeah. memory, Wellcamp was the uh, white elephant that we flagged here on the podcast right back when they first announced it because it was about. I think it was about September uh, 2021 that the Palaszczuk government announced that they were building this World Camp quarantine facility. And at the same time was when they were pushing for 95% vax coverage by December because that would give us the good old herd immunity that would allow us to go back to life as normal. And yet this World We Camp joked facility- about it. We joked about it back then saying it'll by the time it's finished, they won't need to use it. That was yeah. a joke that we made. Well, it wasn't even a joke. We were skeptical. We were like, if you believe in the vaccine working, why do you even need to build yeah. this thing, right? Yeah. But it got so much worse because at the time they announced it, they'd never announced what the arrangement was to build and service this place and how much it was going to cost. They kept that on the hush-hush. So it turns out the, the facility itself was built in conjunction with a building company called the Wagner Group. The... Queensland government contributed $50 million towards the build of this facility and then had signed a 12-month lease agreement which ran up to a total bill, including the $50 million, of $200 million. And then, at the end of that lease agreement, it was agreed to that the actual facility itself would be handed to the Wagner Group. Yeah. So they paid for it to be built by the Wagner Group. So the Wagner Group got paid to build it in the first place. Then they rented it off them for 12 months and then they gave it to them. So there's yeah. $200 million worth of Queensland taxpayer money given to a private company. And how many people use that quarantine facility for its uh, for its purpose? Was it 44? No, no. It was, it was bigger than that. It was 737 people. 
in total that use that for quarantine purposes. But remembering at the same time that those, because this facility didn't open until like March, 2022. And at the same time that that facility was open and operating, we didn't need it because the Queensland government still had all those massive lucrative hotel quarantine deals that they swore they couldn't break even though the period was over. So most people using the hotel quarantine, which was closer to the airport. So that's why these are just a a few little examples, which we're getting close to a billion dollars already, just in rats for Western Australia and the WellCamp facility. We're close to a billion dollars just in those two items from the pandemic. So this sort of pandemic... Stop tapping the table. Sorry. This pandemic profiteering is the cause of the inflation crisis we are currently feeling now. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to say, you you had said something early on, which I didn't accept, but I've changed my tune on now, which was the wealth transfer thing mm-hmm. out of this pandy. I got heavily and, criticised for that take because I said it very early on. Yeah, and it's absolutely been the case. And, and it's it's a public-private partnership. It's, it's, yeah. let's, this is fascism. You, this is real fascism. Let's convert taxpayer money for a government call, government cause that yep. is gifted to uh, to select companies for massive profits. Yeah, no one is doing any of this stuff out of the goodness of their hearts. No, like there's, the, I mean, the, the original Pfizer deal was that they weren't supposed to make any money out of it. Remember, no, that was original AstraZeneca deal. Oh, that was Fi- the one Pfizer. As well. Pfizer said early on before the vaccine moderate approved, profit or something. Yeah, that they weren't in this to make a profit. They were trying to save people's lives. It yeah. was AstraZeneca that actually sold all of their initial doses at cost price. And then you know, it's not a coincidence that they didn't bother trying to keep up with the new variants because why would you when you already had these other products out there and you weren't making any money? So there was no point in doing and so. The variants didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but did speaking... you see there was a new variant? I did see that. Oh, is there? That gives you pink eye. The <laughs> <laughs> joke was VBB 1.1.3 or something. Is, and is that Very one of you... the um, the symptoms of it is pink eye? Apparently. Classic. Um, speaking <laughs> of COVID fascism, and I just want to reiterate for people the meaning of the word fascism. People throw around this word like you're a fascist all the time. It's just something that people throw at right-wing people generally. It's like Nazi these days. They just use the term. Fascism is when the government colludes with private corporations to control and profiteer off the population. That's what real fascism actually is. It's exactly what we experienced during the pandemic. And speaking of pandemic fascism, another news story came out this week, which was the Therapeutic Goods Administration rolled back their ban on doctors prescribing ivermectin. So this was published on the 3rd of May. So this is from the TGA website. You can go on there and check it for yourself. Well, just, do you want to, I want to say before, as a recap, ivermectin in Australia was banned to be banned. The prescription of by doctors was banned the week that Joe Rogan got COVID and said that he took ivermectin along with some other stuff yeah. and was better after two days. And one of the clauses that they, one of the things that they said, I think it was, was there three points of order that they, um, they said that 
people taking the wrong dose and that they're going to get that usage data from unreliable social media. Yeah. I've actually got, uh, I don't know if it's got the, um, the actually out, but I, I took a screenshot the other day of, so the, the new restrictions on prescribing ivermectin for COVID-19 that was published on the 10th of September, 2021. And wow. It says here, so today the TGA acting on the advice of the Advisory Committee for Medicine Scheduling has placed new restrictions on the prescribing of oral ivermectin. General practitioners are now only able to prescribe ivermectin for TGA approved conditions or indications. And it goes into the scabies, certain parasitic infections. Certain specialists, including infectious disease physicians, dermatologists, blah, 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 will be permitted to prescribe ivermectin for other unapproved indications if they believe it is appropriate for a particular patient. These changes have been introduced because of concerns with the prescribing of oral ivermectin for the claimed prevention or treatment of COVID-19. Ivermectin is not approved for use in COVID-19 in Australia or in any, uh, sorry, or in other developed countries, and its use by the general public for COVID-19 is currently strongly discouraged by the National COVID Clinical Evidence Task Force, the World Health Organization, and the US FDA. Firstly, there are a number of significant public health risks associated with taking ivermectin in an attempt to prevent COVID-19 infection rather than getting vaccinated. Hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going to read through the whole thing. Is there though? Second, so it says, so sorry, that was the third thing. They didn't want people to take ivermectin instead of getting vaccinated. The second thing was the doses of ivermectin that are being advocated for use in unreliable social media posts and other sources for COVID-19 are significantly higher than those approved and found safe for scabies or parasite treatment. These higher doses can be associated with serious adverse effects, including severe nausea, vomiting, dizziness, neurological effects such as dizziness, seizures, and coma. Finally, it's there better has than been... your heart exploding. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Finally, there has been a three to four fold increased dispensing of ivermectin prescriptions in recent months, leading to national and local shortages for those who need the medicine for scabies and parasite infections. It is believed that this is due to recent They're prescribing... Not allowed, they weren't allowed to see doctors anyway. <laughs> like, people with scabies couldn't see a doctor anyway, so that's bullshit. Yeah, I know. Well, we, we know that's it was bullshit, bullshit, because at the time, yeah. we reported uh, on, um, on India and Uttar Pradesh, which was using ivermectin yeah. in their little COVID kit with doxycycline and zinc and all the other goodies that Joe Rogan used to great effect. And we, we showed you in the stats how their COVID cases and deaths just dropped off a cliff once they started using this. And you're right, this, this ban on ivermectin started as soon as Joe Rogan said that he used it and was feeling okay. Now, all of a sudden, on the 3rd of May, 2023, They've removed the prescribing restrictions on ivermectin. So think, think about why, why? Yeah. So well, let's let's go through the reasons, then we'll discuss it. So from the first of June, twenty twenty three, prescribing of oral ivermectin for off-label uses will no longer be limited to specialists such as dermatologists, gastroenterologists, and infectious disease specialists. In its final decision published today, the Therapeutic Goods Administration has removed the restriction through its scheduling and the poison standard because there is sufficient evidence that the safety risk to individuals and public health is low when prescribed by a general practitioner in the current health climate. This considers the evidence and awareness of medical practitioners about the risks and benefits of ivermectin and the low potential for any shortages of ivermectin for its approved uses. 
Also, given the high rates of vaccination and hybrid immunity against COVID-19 in Australia, use of ivermectin by some individuals is unlikely to now compromise public health. However, the TGA does not endorse off-label prescribing of ivermectin for the treatment or prevention of COVID-19. And then it goes on and says a large number of clinical studies, blah, blah, blah. So let's analyze this. When did they ban it? September 2021. When did the vaccine rollout begin? February 2021. So September is rough. Well, it was end of February. So it was really start of March. They started the rollout. Which meant it was six months, really, after the rollout of the vaccine started. And what information did we start seeing six months after the rollout began? Breakthrough infections. Right? That was the key thing which was making people look for other solutions at that time because everyone realized that if you, whether you got vaccinated or not, you were still getting infected and you were still transmitting it. The data was starting to show that. So all of a sudden, the Therapeutic Goods Administration of Australia, our chief regulatory body for medicines to keep people healthy, banned a drug which was shown to potentially be effective at that time because we'd already been through all the studies back then go back um one of our episode actually i think the episode about uttar pradesh might be one of the ones that got banned off youtube i can't remember yeah i think so but if you go back to that time and this is one of the the biggest things i love about us having done the podcast during this time it's just a time capsule of everything that happened as it happened right and so we know back then we breakthrough infections were, were, be, were appearing uh I can't remember if there was much talk about adverse events at that time. I really don't think there was. But nah, the main so. the main thing was that the efficacy of the vaccines was already showing to wane over that short period. Oh, actually, of time. no, there were adverse event things because remember we we're getting footage of the people in those mass vaccination centers that were collapsing. Mm. And then like they were like uh, all, all the medical stuff like usher around them and like scooting yeah, out the back. I think that, that was early. I on. think that was after that because so remember, at the beginning oh, of the rollout, yeah. it was only yeah. the oldies, right. and then they rolled it out and yeah. they stepped it out. And that was young people that yeah. were fainting at those things. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, the only adverse event stuff that we heard early on was about AstraZeneca, which ironically was the one that was not making any money. So it made sense to get that one out of the market so the profitable ones could, could take over. So this... The this TJ what... needs to be disbanded. Absolutely, absolutely. It, yeah. Well, no, sorry. It doesn't need to be disbanded. It needs to have every member of the TGA removed and replaced by people with ethical records who have no financial interests in all of these companies. We need to remove pharmaceutical funding from these bodies. And this is one of the things that makes no sense. Yeah, if, if the Gully can spend a bill on bullshit stuff they don't need because the TGA said so, yeah. they could spend $100 million yeah. to save $900 million and not yep. have to rely on industry money. Absolutely. And here's, here's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me at all. The, the justification for uh, pharmaceutical company contributions to health regulators is to cover the costs of trials and those sorts of things. We don't do any of our own trials. Yeah, or, we did, yeah. or we didn't do any of our own trials for all of the yeah. COVID medicines, right? None of, yeah. we, had, we did none of our own trials on the vaccines. We did none of our own trials on remdesivir or Paxlovid or you know any of the, any of the Which COVID makes me stuff. Think, I wonder if we did trials at all or if 
the system that was used is the system where we we just get the best available data. We look, we read the pamphlet and go, yeah, yeah that sounds all right. Well, the FDA I, let it through, I'm thinking let it that that must be it, and it it must yeah. be. So they open up the envelope with the pages of the documents in it and the check, and they go, okay, is this check big enough to approve this medicine? Yes or no? And that's the decision made. Like we. I went through the TGA non-clinical report. They knew about all the problems with the Pfizer vaccine and they approved it anyway. Yeah. We know about the higher level of adverse events in the Moderna vaccine because of the high dosage of mRNA even compared to Pfizer. And it, two weeks ago, the TGA gave it a formal approval. Like, based on what? It doesn't yeah. work and it kills people. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you basing that on? Oh, it's think, the size of the, the highest? What's the highest... How? What's the highest vaccine number do you think a person has had in Australia? I saw, How many doses? I saw a tweet from a doctor the other day saying that he had seen a new record come through his uh, practice, an old lady who's up to her seventh shot. So it's not going to get to the 10. We ordered 10 each. Uh, yeah, I... Um... <laughs> I don't. I don't think these people are going to make it to ten. <laughs> well, and lucky look, she's old. If she was young, she'd be fucked. But it, the yeah. fact that she's old, that they don't seem to be as as affected. But she'd be more. Uh, she'd be more spike protein. Like she'd yeah. be a great volleyball player. Player with that spike. <laughs> and look, we we've been through this stuff so many times. Like the um, the mechanism that these vaccines do seem to give people adverse events through is the actual spike protein itself. The spike protein is cytotoxic. That's the part of COVID that makes you sick is the spike protein. Your body then manufactures it wherever the mRNA happens to land inside your body. The most fucked up thing about the vaccines is that due to the lipid nanoparticle, it's they are able to access parts of your body that the disease itself cannot because it can do things like cross the blood blood brain barrier, for example, um, it can uh, enter the placenta, which, like in a pregnant woman, which COVID has been proven to. And this, I'm, I'm is very, that what makes they them? Oh, it, it's something like that for sure. I, I def, look, I definitely think uh, the creation of they them's comes from some form of over medication. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the things that I was hypersensitive of because obviously Amanda had a pregnancy, like we had our first kid when the pandemic kicked off and we had a pregnancy during that and we had pressure from doctors for her to get vaccinated saying that she was putting herself and the baby at risk and blah, 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 blah. And then we held off and the studies showed after the fact that COVID can't actually cross the placenta and therefore can't affect the fetus at all. So all of the scare tactics they And they hadn't tested pregnancy. Yeah, they didn't test the vaccine on pregnancy, but they were still trying to jab. How the fuck could they? So how do they? How do they know? They did. That's, that's they did it. Yeah, all they yeah. knew was the was the size of the check mm. that they were receiving. That's all they knew. And like, I was in the the doctors the other day because Jake got sick again, and it's still a cash cow. There was old person after old person just rolling in, going, "I'm here for my vaccine. I'm here for my vaccine," and you can tell that the admin staff are a bit uneasy about it because they had to hand them their paperwork, which is essentially their waiver that says, if you die, this is your fault. And they're like, like it's like reminding me of when you would get a, a young, fresh salesperson. They had to sign up their first deal and they were so scared to tell people what was in the contract. Yeah. It was that. Uh, yeah, so just look, 
have 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 a read through and like just you just got to sign down the bottom on both pages okay thanks did you speaking of um alternate cures did you see john campbell's uh that study that was done on cbd and its effect on COVID 19 no i have not watched that one so the cytotoxicity that you're talking about it actually reverses it and it does it in your mucosal layer so it they it looks like there was like three functions and 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 you know the technically the technical stuff far better than i do but there's basically three functions that COVID has when it's in your system Mm. and it seems like cbd not thc cbd addresses all three like it's a super drug for it like it's the perfect thing to do which because i think even ivermectin only had like a two-pronged approach that um hydroxychloroquine i think only had a one-pronged approach but this is like a three-pronged approach yeah right i i do know with cbd in particular and and just marijuana usage the the main people that i follow that use weed apart from joe rogan are mma and jiu-jitsu guys and they take it because it's got a really good effect on inflammation and mm. what's one of the things with the spike protein is it causes inflammation all throughout your body. Like there was that, you know, that case, unfortunately, of the 14-year-old girl we spoke about a few weeks ago in that Japanese study that died of multi-organ inflammatory syndrome. Mm. Uh, and CBD has like a massive minimizing effect on inflammation. So that's that's one of the uh, the mechanisms of action that that it could be uh, beneficial for so it doesn't surprise me at all and the main reason why it doesn't surprise me is because it's something else that's banned in australia because it's beneficial yeah. and they haven't figured out how natural. to profiteer out of it yet yeah it's cheap and people can grow it themselves so we've still got that banned in australia like it's obscene it, it sort of reminds me briefly of um you would have seen recently they had the um, 420 march down in Melbourne, oh, in Victoria. Yeah. And there was like a hundred police in the park. So the 420 march, for anyone who's uninitiated, is a bunch of stoners go out into the park and they protest going, hey, can you stop treating us like criminals? We just want to smoke some weed. Same as everyone just drinks alcohol. That's not a problem. We just want to smoke weed. Can you change the laws to make it legal so we're not treated like criminals anymore? And you had all these cops walking around just, like, patting people down, arresting people if they were holding anything. Like, it, it reminded me of, like, the lockdown protests when the police were just going and, and arresting people just for protesting their government. And juxtapose that, there's currently a debate in uh, the Victorian Parliament about a safe injecting room which is located right near a primary school. And, yeah. and it's gone to debate on, and there's a, a few different parties that are trying to remove it because the issue is that this thing has been running for, I don't know, a year or two years or whatever it's been. And young children have seen junkies who have taken the drugs in the, uh, in the injecting room then pass out and have overdoses on the street right near the school. So there's oh. kids literally walking past junkies who are having who are overdosing on the fucking street, right? And the the Labor government and the Greens have pushed it through, and they like the all these. I think it was actually today. All these motions went through to to shut this thing down or at least move it, and they've pushed it through. Going, no, no, it saves lives, and um, yeah. So they're leaving this thing near near the kids. But they, yeah, but they did they did 
like they have got a fix for it, which is on the other side, they've got a trans show to draw the attention. Look at the kids. <laughs> Don't look at the, look at the, yeah. Drag queen story time. Um, the, the interesting, like it's that interesting juxtaposition for me, right? Because you've got a hundred cops in the park arresting people for weed. And then you've got a taxpayer funded injecting room where people are injecting far harder drugs than marijuana right next to a school, but the government's all for it. And there was an interview, I can't remember who was running it, but there was an interview I briefly saw with one of the uh, police chiefs from Victoria. And Oh, it was Neil Mitchell, Neil Mitchell on 3AW. And he was saying like, so these people, if they are walking to the injecting room, carrying their drugs because they have to bring their drugs with them like that's against the law right and she's like yes so he goes okay so if you search these people and they're found to be holding illicit drugs they can be arrested right yes okay so how many people using the injection room have the victorian police arrested zero none of them yeah she really handled that poorly she should have had very very poorly but but well, yeah. she it, by the sounds of it, she was just being honest, right? And that's that's the sort of creepy, uh, bizarro world that you seem to see a lot down in Victoria, like completely anti marijuana, but seeming and and again, like Dan, this is Dan Andrews to a T. Like he just pushes this whole every single every single person has your own designated victim group like we'll break you up there's so many different victim groups now that you'll belong in one of them and i'm the guy who pretends to care for all of the victims so by proxy i care for you and i think you would see someone who is overdosing on heroin as more of a victim than someone who just wants to smoke a little bit of weed but when you actually look at it from a societal perspective the person ODing on heroin in front of a primary school is causing far more damage to children than someone who's smoking a bit of weed. So it's I can... Bizarre. Uh, look, I, I can play devil's advocate somewhat and I think about how big, fat and lazy and inept a government organisation or multiple government organisations and none of them talk to each other and parliamentarians that have no experience in the thing that they're supposed to be the minister for have a brief and there's no Mm cross-pollination so it could be two completely different departments one person's job was to set up this injecting room and they're doing whatever they need to do to get that thing done they've got they've got the brown paper bag off the con uh, the, the contractor that's getting the put the staff on the labor high company or whatever or whoever yep. built the building Key point. so that they've got that vested interest interest and then you've got on the other side it's just the police and the police are like well we're gonna have these um weed f- weed fueled rioters <laughs> which <laughs> has never been said before ever yeah. right yeah um and that's their job so uh, although when you when you look at it from a from a distance it seems insane I can see how I can see how it um, uh, it it could just happen due to the inept nature of government. Except for the fact that it is one hundred percent pushed and endorsed by Dan Andrews. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, if this was just something where, like, a government, I don't know, welfare department had gone, oh, well, we've, we've got this issue with junkies ODing. Okay, well, let's set up a safe centre. Yeah, sweet, that, it's within the budget, so let's just approve it, build it, and off we go. I'd cop that. But this is something that is being pushed by Dan Andrews. So my, my conspiratorial brain goes, Dan Andrews is running hard drugs through Victoria. <laughs> And he needs people, a safe place for people to go and take them. Because not only does that mean his customers stay alive, but also invites customers from other states who want to take hard drugs, move to Victoria where you'll be accepted. And you know where they are? In, In the boxes of rat tests. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And on that note. Um, was there one more thing that I wanted to quickly speak about? Was there one more thing? Uh, no, nah, I think we'll leave it there. That'll do. Thanks very much we'll for joining us, there. guys. See you next time. Oh no, we'll say something really quickly. Oh yeah. Um, we, I think we had sixty odd people on 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 Rumble. Rumble, I don't know what they've they've done like a an, an update, and mm-hmm. it seems way faster, more yep. fluid. I noticed they took the Rumble button away, so now it's like like an uptick and a or thumbs up and a thumbs down. Yeah. As opposed to the Rumble Rumble button. But the, the video seems more crisp now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you've never used Rumble before, I can highly recommend it. And like I've said before, it's got some of the features that YouTube Premium have and only 1% of YouTube users pay for Premium. You don't pay for Premium, do you? Hell no. I'm the only person I know that you're pays for You're causing inflation, mate. Stop spending on no, those luxury no, items. You guys are mental. YouTube is the best value for money in terms of streaming because you can stream a 30 second video and you can stream a three hour um, video. Yeah, um, except it's not and anymore you because you can't get any proper content on there. Well, they, they haven't censored any of the ancient Egypt stuff. So I'm sweet as. <laughs> I'm sweet as. Um, but on that note, though, it's, like really, saying, it's really coming good. Yeah, so with, with everyone who has joined us on Rumble, please... We've had a bit of an uptick in viewers and we know that the last few weeks in particular are a little bit tricky because we do drop on a Monday. There's been a lot of public holidays, so that sort of throws out a lot of people's schedules. But we have had a bit of an uptick. So please, if you are still watching, hit the like button. If you like what we do, it helps push us out in the algorithm a little bit so a few more people actually see us. Please subscribe as well too. Same thing. Obviously, the more subscribers, the more likes you get and the more comments you get. Say g'day down underneath. Uh, that does help push us out into uh, into the Rumble ecosystem a little bit more, and hopefully find someone that you know needs to see this information. Really, yeah. If you need, if you've got a friend on the teet, like on the teetering edge, if you've got that early neo moment where they're yeah. being handed the red pill uh, or the blue pill, and you, you want to you want to help them out, send them our way, and we'll look after them. Yeah. One brief note on YouTube censorship since you brought it up, uh, and this is something to keep a bit of an eye on too. YouTube just this week has started uh, pulling down and censoring old videos of uh, Robert F. Kennedy, the uh, Democratic uh, presidential nominee, just this week, citing medical misinformation. And these were videos for a lot of people have said that there were videos of, or interviews of him that have been up there for 12 months. And now yeah. all of a sudden, uh, one of the numbers that came out this week was that he'd, he'd surged to about a 19% approval rating uh, amongst Democratic voters. So now he's actually starting to look like a genuine threat to Biden. So all of a sudden, the censorship 
industrial complex kicked into gear and has started removing him from all social media. I've done a bit more of a dive on him, and that's who I'd vote for. I'd vote for him over Trump. Based on? Pro-crypto. No, pro-crypto, he's... he. He's got a um, he's got an environmental uh, um, thing which I'm I'm not a hundred percent on, but yeah. he's actually puts a pretty good case forward uh, for for his his stance. His a lot of his um, career he's been litigating against big polluters. Yeah. Um, very much, very much a free speech absolutist. Yep. Uh, and comes from an ilk obviously his uncle was was really a guy that was going to change the world for the better mm-hmm. i do worry genuinely that he will get assassinated yeah yeah because agreed. his uncle was assassinated and his dad was assassinated yeah it's not a good that's not a good hit rate and, and the stuff uncle... that he made, oh, he wants to break up the cia he wants yeah. to his uncle was the one who originally came out and uh, started speaking about the deep state. Yeah, yep. Because, and then became victim to it. Yeah, because he was speaking out about how the deep state essentially tricked him into getting into Vietnam and yep. that the whole thing was just done for money. Every single war that America has engaged in since 1945 has been over about money. That's all yeah. it's been about. And they manufacture consent by coming up with a storyline whether it's weapons of mass destruction whether it's uh you know putin bad and invading a sovereign nation in ukraine whatever the case may be they manuf they 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 come up with a narrative to manufacture consent from the public to go to war because they do still need consent from the public to go to war but every single war or conflict that the american government has engaged in since 1945 has all been about money and resources so my f- friend uh, said that there was a skit that someone had done where they were able to act like sound like Zelensky. Oh yeah, uh, there was talk this to Jerome. So this was no, was a Jerome Powell. This was uh, a Russian. I don't, I don't know. If, I think it's a radio station in Russia that yeah was making prank calls to people posing as Zelensky. And yeah, who did who did they who did they call? I, can't I think remember. it was there was a couple. I think yeah, I think it was Powell. And then um, this, I've got some exclusive um, footage here on my phone. Mister Powell, this is Volodymyr Zelensky here. I want to give you good advice on how to get rid of inflation in your country or the United States. The best thing I think you can do is send more money to the Ukrainian people to fight them Russians. Send more money, print more money. Once you print more money, you send it to the U- Ukrainian government. And when the government has it, we will use it against Russia. This will keep the inflation in America down. We do not want the inflation in America. Send the money to Ukraine. <laughs> this is Volodymyr. Thank you. Well done. That was very good. That was very good. (laughs) It 
was me. <laughs> it's the funny Suck thing. It, pal. That audio will get clipped and sent to Biden, and he'll be like, "Oh, oh, oh, come on, man! Like, where's my checkbook?" <laughs> that's so, so yeah. good. That that's classic. And look, uh, sorry, just to tie that into the whole beginning of the conversation about the inflation problem we're experiencing over here, America's experiencing rampant inflation too, and then they still keep lobbing billions and billions and billions of dollars over to Ukraine. Like, it's, it is it is a twisted system that we are involved in at the moment, and unfortunately, look after a, yourself. a more pain to come, I think. Look after yourself. Look yeah. after yourself. Look after yourself. Don't blame the system. Don't Anything more put to add faith Zelensky? in the system. Yes, send more money to the Ukraine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.